Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Thank you, Lord. Open your Bibles to Ephesians 1, please. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, Holy Spirit, please move. Keep moving. Thank you, Lord. I would remind us that there's more that goes on in the spirit realm than in the natural realm. So let's not become naturally minded right now. I've been doing a series for a few weeks called God's Version of You. How many of you guys are are blessed to know that God thinks more highly of you than you do? Huh? (laughs) You better. Because I think that there are some people in here that don't think highly enough about yourselves. Sometimes me included. Ephesians 1 I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read through the verses we've already been going through. I'm not going to re-preach them, but I might, I might draw you into it to get us fresh. Because today I want to dive into verses 5. Hopefully we'll get to verse 8. But let's start with verse 1. If you guys could read along with me. I'm usually reading out of the New King James, if that makes any difference to anybody. <clears throat> All right. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Who are these truths written to? The saints. Who are the saints? Us and the faithful, right? So the, we who are the faithful. Faithful what? Faithful to to remain in Christ. Amen? So, so to you who are faithfully living in Christ, this is you, you saints. All right? And what is a saint? What's a saint? What does that mean? Set apart. Josh is listening to my messages. Good job. You get bonus points, man. Saints, it, it, it means to be ho- the holy ones, all right? The holy ones, those who are, who are being sanctified, set apart from the world, set apart from self-sufficiency, set apart from anything that's external to Jesus Christ, all right? Fully in Christ. We're, we're set apart because we're in Him, all right? It's a saint. That's you. That's you if you're born again of the... Through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're not, please do it today. Don't go another day. Amen? So, so who's this written to? To the saints. And, and do we have any saints in here? Yes. You're a saint because you're in Christ. Amen? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What is grace? It's, a, it's unmerited or undeserved favor and divine empowerment. 
so, so freely given to you, grace. Favor you didn't deserve, but it doesn't matter to him. He gives it freely. And divine enablement, the ability to do things you can't do on your own strength or wisdom. All right? Peace from God, our Father. He wants to put shalom, his very shalom, into you. All right? From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing. Where? In the heavenly places. And how do we get that? In Christ. So every blessing, every spiritual blessing, minus none. In the heavenly places, but we access that by being in Christ. Come on. If you're in Christ, you are, you are not exempt from any of it. Come on. All right? Just as he chose us, chose us, what? You mean he didn't just stumble upon us? You mean, you mean he, didn't, he didn't just like... He, he didn't just like hear us begging him and he, and he, he gave him, he just gave in and, and allowed us in. He, he, he chose, he chose us. You are his chosen ones. You are his choice selection. His prime pick. The apple of his eye. All right? You, you are his very chosen <clears throat> Who did he choose? Us. Why, how did he choose us? Why us? Because we're in him. All right. It says he chose us in him. We're chosen in Jesus. So basically his choice was Jesus and all who are in him. All right. And, and we determine, we choose if we're going to come into him. But by doing that, we're automatically chosen by the Father. It's awesome. We're not chosen if we choose to not come into Jesus. That we're not chosen out there. But in here, you better believe it. We're chosen. All right? Chose us in him when? Before the foundation of the world. So before God ever invented the idea of an earth with people on it, he already was dreaming of you and has already chosen you. You're his dream come true. Come on. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, which means you didn't just stumble on his path and he's like, oh, I didn't know anything about you. But oh, come on, I'll tolerate having you with me. No, he, he forethought you. He dreamed of you. He desired you. He chose you. He brings you into himself from before the foundation of the world. <laughs> and, and not only did he choose us, but he chose that we would be holy and blameless in his sight, before him, in his love. Holy and blameless. What is God's version of you? Oh, you know, you're a saint. <laughs> you, you, are, you are the candidate of 
in the entirety of favor and divine empowerment and shalom peace. Come on. That, that you are chosen and that in his, as you stand before him in his love, holy and blameless in his sight, maybe you're not in your sight, but it's not your sight that matters. It's his. And if your sight isn't aligned with him, you're not going to live in the reality that he has predetermined for you. So if, if you don't allow yourself to receive this holy and blameless perspective he has on you, all right, you, you, if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to live from the nature of that reality that he created in you, and you're going to be living a self-sufficient life that's not functioning from being in him. Therefore, your lifestyle is not going to be holy and blameless. And you won't be able to actually live from that nature because you're, out, you're living outside of that. But God knows this is not who you are. You're actually functioning from a false identity out here. Repentance realigns us, gets us in. Full immersion in Christ. I got it all in Him. He looks at me in Him. Holy and blameless. Wow, that's grace, because grace gives me something I didn't deserve, and it empowers me to live from something I couldn't do on my own. So now the way that God sees me is a person who is fully accepted, and he also believes that I have the ability within me, not on my own strength, in Christ, I have the ability to actually live a life with the disciplines and the actions and behaviors and thought patterns of what he believes that I am, holy and blameless. Wow. So it's not just a grace that says, ah, you're full of all the failures, but I'm not going to, I'm going to pretend like that's not there. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself believe that you're better than that, even though that stays. That's what a lot of Christian religion believes that grace is. But God's version of you is that's not who you are. And if you enter into the fullness of Christ, you actually get to live from that nature. And he breaks the shackles of that lifestyle, that belief system off of us. We can enter into a reality that we never knew before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moving on here. I'm going to go from that place, all right? Because that's God's version of you. If we don't, if we don't align ourselves in our, in, in our, our self-belief, I don't, that, that word self-belief kind of is not right, though, because it's, my, it's the self-in-Christ belief, all right? We don't get this lifestyle through self-helps. But we get it through Christ and the finished work that He's accomplished for who we are. And we can live outward from that inward truth. And things outwardly begin to change. 
So from that place, we're going into verse 5. Having predestined us. Let me just stop on that word. I said this last week. I'm going to hit it again real fast. Predestination. There's a theology that talks about predestination that believes that God is predestined, foreordained, who's going to be saved and who's not. But, but, and the Bible really does say predestined because it says it right here. All right? So predestination, people would read this and say that having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, that, that it's like God predestined some people to be his children and maybe not some others. All right? But how many of us believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he did it to save the world? Not the world minus the unchosen. All right? Everybody. So that must mean that this concept of predestination, which is scriptural, maybe has a different approach to it. All right? Having predestined, that means foreplanned, just like from before the foundation of the world, right? Predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. All right? So predestination is not you're going to be saved and there's nothing you can do about it. Jack over there, hmm, sorry dude, you can do all you want, but you're going to end up you're going to end up failing so bad you're going to go to hell. No. No, no God doesn't have that kind of fate on people. Okay? It's not like that. Predestined means, it doesn't mean he, he's going around looking at the individuals. You're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. It's pre, the predestination is actually on Jesus and all those who are in him, just like I was saying a while ago. On Jesus and all those who have come into him, whoever, however many that may be, all of those people, even if they get saved on their deathbed and die in an hour. But we're hellions all the way up until then. Doesn't matter. All who come into Christ because they chose to, not because God created fate for people, people choosing to come into Christ and coming into the free gift that He gave, all right, for all people. Predestined. The predestination is on Jesus and all that He encapsulates. All right? If you're in Jesus, you've been predestined. That's awesome. Come on. If people fall away from the Lord and, and, and deny their salvation, no longer do they live within the predestination. All right? By their choice, not by God's. But they come back. Okay? Predestination is on Christ. Let me get back to my verse. Having predestined us to adoption, whoa, as sons by Jesus Christ. So how do we get predestined as sons, adopted as sons? By Jesus <clears throat> to himself. So he's, he's actually creating sons and daughters to himself through adoption. According to, to the good pleasure of His will. 
It's his will for you to be his children. You, you actually didn't choose him. He chose you first. All right? You, he, he desired you. He wanted you. He willed for you to be born again and, and brought into his family, sons and daughters of God. That's awesome. Adopted. Often you'll hear me talk about our identity as being born again of the Spirit. All right? Born, like literally born to the Lord. And, and, and we have the DNA, right? But, but there's also places in the Bible where it talks about being adopted. And it's kind of weird to think, like, how could, it's got to be one or the other, right? Because that's how it is on earthly families. Oh, no, we're, we're not talking about an earthly family, guys. This is superior to that. Like, in the kingdom, you're born again and adopted. And the thing that's beautiful about adoption is that parents who adopt a child, they, 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 it wasn't just like, well, my chromosomes and her chromosomes created this thing, and, and surprise, this is what it is. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> but, but adoption has its own high quality and value to it. Because adoption means that that child, if, it doesn't, if that child doesn't get adopted, there is no hope for that kid. The, the, who knows what's going to happen? They could get tossed around in foster homes or orphanages or whatever for, until they grow up and never know what it's like to have a, a grounded home life. Okay? And, and so that, that would be an orphan. How many of you guys know that in God, God's version of us in the kingdom, there are no orphans? All right? God loves us so much, He chose us. And a, and a person who adopts makes the choice. I'm going to pay whatever price it is. And, and in America, it's a, ho, it's a lofty, lofty fee and process, way more than it should be. Somebody should switch the abortion system to adoption system and help that, that deal. But I'm not going there right now. But adoption, any, anybody who, who's ever adopted and raised in a loving family, I hope that they'll, if they ever, you know, if, when, they ever learn that they were adopted, because usually there's a part in their life when that's kind of a big thing that people go through, and I, I know there are things to work through on that sometimes, but I, I hope that the adopted one will be able to see the absolute love mercy and and like intent the the high level intentionality of love for that child i picked you <laughs> i i didn't want i didn't want you to to be raised as an orphan i wanted to bring you into homes and and nurture and love and and care for you well and that's our father cuz this is a world full 
of spiritual orphans. Full of orphans who are broken and don't even know how to function because never had uh, spiritual mothers and fathers to, to show them what, what love and groundedness looks like. Jessica and I have some friends in Reading who couldn't have children and, and they adopted two. And we got to walk with them in that process and it was, it was pretty, a pretty heavy duty process for them. But we got to witness them observe the, the, the radical love that they had for their children and still do even more. But, but, but they, they, the, the children were not even born yet and they knew who their kid would be. They chose those kids before they were even born. And, and they already loved those kids like it was their own before they were even born. And I, I, if I remember right, I think that they were both <clears throat> maybe were children of, of drug addicts or something. It was kind of just a situation that wasn't going to be good for them. But, but they, they embraced those kids while they were still in the womb. They had to travel to another state uh, to visit the parents and, or the mom and and, and they, would, they would speak love into the baby, into the womb. They could, the baby could hear their voice. Wow. That's awesome. And I remember one time um, we were having a staff meeting at, at BSSM, and um, a guy, my friend Ben Fitzgerald, some of you may have heard his name, but he was in there too, and, and he felt like the Lord wanted him to tell um, this lady that was waiting for the child to come, that, that he, felt like the, he felt like the Lord wanted her to know that, that maybe she's got a fear that, well, this is somebody else's kid. How can, it ever, how can the child ever be like her own, like, you know, like we do biologically, right? And, and this is what he said to her, and this is awesome. He said that the, the physical DNA of the child comes from the biological parents, okay? But he said, but that's not the most important part of the child, about who the person is. The, the child has a soul and has a spirit, and the Lord, through the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit moves, and he, and he rewires that child into the image of the parents and the soul. And actually creates the soul. And, and you, the father, father and mother, are the ones who are going to raise this child. And God's given this child a soul that's in the image of you guys. That's amazing. And I also have learned from, a, from another person. I may go into this another time deep, way deeper. But I, I also was taught by someone that... Um, the God is the, the, we're spirit, soul, and body, right? So we get our body features from our parents. We get our soul features a lot from our parents as well. But God is the one who, through, through being born again, he's the one who gives us the DNA of our spirit, which is really who you are. It's awesome. And I want to tell you guys, let me, let me read this over you from Romans 8. 
15 through 17. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Come on. That's out there, all right? That's not in him. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. That word Abba, actually, in, in that language, it, it, it means more like daddy, like it's a, it's a child love for the, for the dad. Daddy, 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 father. Hmm. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may, that we may also be glorified together. Come on. Your DNA is from your Father, the Father of glory. Come on. Can you guys repeat this after me? I am a child of the Most High God. He is my father, my daddy. Any belief I have or action I make that reflects a disconnect from this truth is an orphan belief. Hmm. But my father is healing me of all orphan mindsets. And I am discovering my sonship or daughterhood. Come on. Why don't you guys let that soak in for a second? Guess what? He's a good dad. <laughs> He's a good dad. He doesn't tolerate you. He celebrates you. You're not a nuisance. You're desired. You don't get in his way. You don't distract him. You are the object of his obsession. Come on. <laughs> Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Wow. Good pleasure. He's not an angry father. <laughs> Maybe you should repeat this after me. He's not an angry father. He's not angry at me. <laughs> Repeat this. It was his idea to become my father. I bring him great joy by living like his child. It's hmm. good stuff. To the praise of the glory 
of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Whoa. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. To the praise of the glory of his grace. His grace? Oh, yeah. The undeserved favor that he's already given to you as a free gift. You don't deserve it on your own, but he gave it to you. Receive it by faith. Grace. Favor. Favor. That word grace is such a powerful word. We, we, can, we can encapsulate and, you know, undeserved favor and divine empowerment. You can, you can define it simply by that, but it takes, it would take years to unpack it. As a matter of fact, the Greek word for grace is charis, and I think there are some people in here who know of a Bible college called Charis, Andrew Womack created a, that's awesome, created a, an entire school unpacking grace. That's because there's that much in it and more. All right? Charism, the word charismatic does come from that word. Charis, grace. That's also where the word gifts of the Spirit comes from, is grace. It's graces, it's charis. So it's a divine empowerment. Isn't that crazy? Like the word grace, it's a free gift. We're saved by grace through faith. Not of works, lest anybody should boast. You don't deserve it. You didn't get yourself in Jesus. But he extended the free gift and you received his invitation. Came in by the blood of Jesus Christ. Coming in, that's grace. That's charis. Coming in. He, he gave you favor. You didn't deserve to stand before God and, and look at Him face to face, but He freely gave Himself on the cross and resurrected to give you the entryway. He became the door, the entrance door. Step in. That's grace, guys. Grace. Favor. You don't just have favor to stand in front of Him. You have favor to live in Him. And it's not just favor, it's the divine enablement. Because you're not, it, like you've got to understand that it's grace that actually gave you the spirit of adoption. So the grace gave you the favor to come in, not, not just as a high priest who would leave their, their home and go to a tabernacle and stand in front of God. No, children don't live somewhere else and travel to a place to stand before. The children live in the same home as the one that they stand before. That's grace. <laughs> That's favor. You're, you favored ones who, who you don't just get permission to stand before Yahweh. You actually are His child. <laughs> he wants you close to Him. What good parent trains their children to, to 
be so holy to stand before them and they stay out there and other sides of the house away from their parents for who knows how long earning themselves sanctifying themselves by their own deeds so that they can come and maybe stand in front of their dad and his lazy boy that is a home that needs Jesus bad But, but uh, he's a loving father. He wants his kids right there with him. You don't have to leave your home to go to the tabernacle and go inside so you can stand before him. You're in his home already. You're his child. That's favor. That's grace. And the crazy thing about grace is it doesn't just give you that favor. It gives you the divine enablement. And what I mean when I say that is that God has actually put the power of God the dunamis power of God. You're, you are partakers of a divine nature. That, that you get to live, think, believe, feel, function like a child of the Most High God. The grace doesn't just qualify you. It empowers you to be the thing that you're qualified as. <laughs> so, so that he predestined us to be adopted as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. He is so pleased to have you as his child. You make him happy. Not by what you do, but because of who you are. Come on. He chose you because He wanted you. It was His idea. You are His idea. Intimacy with God, is, it's His idea. It's what He wants. To the praise of the glory of His grace, of His charis. Favor. Divine empowerment. By which He made us accepted. In the beloved, whoa, accepted. In the beloved, he has accepted you. Have you accepted you? When you look in the mirror, can you stare at yourself for a good while and think, I'm, I'm glad who I am. Can you look at yourself and look past the flaws and still think, I am so happy for who I am? Because He has accepted you as you are. And he doesn't see the flaws and think that's who you are. He sees past the flaws and he knows who you are. You're not your flaws. Come on. You're not your flaws. He accepted you. If you want to have the full experience with God, you gotta, you gotta, you got to align yourself with what he believes and what he wants. And guess what? He believes in you. 
And he wants you. Are you accepted? You are. You're accepted in the beloved. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, I was praying and I realized I'd been feeling disconnected from God a lot that week because I wasn't spending the time in his presence that I, that I wanted to. And I was like, I gotta, I, I've got to press into the Lord. I've got to reconnect. And, and I was going to just go into it, how, whatever I needed to do to get there. And I, I just prayed out to the Lord just vulnerably. I said, God, I realized I'm feeling disconnected from you. That was going to be the beginning of me getting on my knees for a while. The moment I said, God, I realized I'm feeling disconnected from you immediately. I felt him come right to me. And he said, I'm here with you, my dearly beloved. You are accepted. I felt his presence all over me. <laughs> you mean I don't have to get on my knees and pray for a while and worship until I, you, until I finally get a breakthrough and then there you are? <laughs> well, I do as long as that's what I believe I have to do. But at the moment that I believe that he says, I'm right here with you, my dearly beloved, you are accepted. And it was like he was just waiting for me to let myself hear that from him, for me to experience him fall right all over me. Instantaneous reconnection. We all can have that. But, but the, the, way, the reason why it's hard is because... We believe it's hard. All right? And I just want to declare over you guys. <clears throat> I'm just about to wrap up. The Father loves you. This might be hard for some of you all to swallow. The Father loves you as much as He loves Jesus. The Father loves you as much as He loves Jesus. How do I know that? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoa. He did that because of love? And He gave up His Son? To extend love to people who didn't have it? Whoa. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. I'm not saying God loves you more than Jesus. I'm just saying you are His sons and daughters like Jesus is. Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. So yeah, He's, he's the first. But God loves you all the same. That's crazy. Is anybody encouraged right now? You're accepted. You're not rejected. You're accepted. You're not tolerated. You're accepted, desired, and celebrated by Father. Why, why does it say? Because most of these times, 
all these things that it's saying is it's because we're in Christ. Why does this time it say in the beloved? Because it says we're accepted in the beloved. Why, why not accepted in Christ this time? Accepted in the beloved. Let me tell you why. Because in, as we're in Christ, the Father looks at us and He sees Jesus on us. And He loves us the same way that He loves Jesus. And Jesus is His beloved. And that means that you are His beloved in Christ. You are accepted. You are His beloved in, in Jesus. Come on. So good. You're His child. You're His children. I want you guys to declare this with me. I am in Christ. His beloved. And I am accepted by the Father the same as Jesus is. I am His beloved. <laughs> I've been adopted. You got to put the right gender on this. I'm his son. He chose me from before Genesis 1:1. He dreamed of me. I'm his dream come true. He loves me. He wants me. He's given himself to me. He's a good father, and I'm a good child. I have his nature, and I can live like a child of God. That's some powerful stuff right there. The more you can believe these things, the more you can live these things. God's children aren't going around sinning all the time. God's children aren't holding a heap of unforgiveness towards people. God's children don't act like orphans. God's children are not full of fear. God's children are not full of anger. Guess what? If any of those things I said or any of the other ones I could have added on a long list, all right, are, are present in your life, that's not who you are. And you can repent of those things and get yourself aligned with the Lord and get under the bounty of His grace and live like his son or his daughter, outward. And he can break the chains. Come on. I was hoping I was going to get to the next verses. But I just realized these are just all their own. They, they need their own attention. But it's powerful because if the Holy Spirit allows, I'm, next week we get to dive into what redemption means. Because it's powerful. Can you guys stand with me? We're going to have a ministry team up here. And I, I want to say this. I know some of you 
might have to, some of you jet out quick, and you have good reasons for it. But uh, if the Holy Spirit is convicting anybody's heart about anything, please come up and get prayer, okay? But I want to pray over us right now. I also want to invite you all to come on Wednesday so we can have some koinonia fellowship together. Get to know each other more. All right, Lord, I bless everybody in here. Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you will unlock revelation of these truths into our hearts more than we've ever known. I ask you to call us deeper into an encounter of our sonship in you, Lord. Breaking off orphan mentalities, orphan behaviors. You love us deeper than that, Lord. You know who we are. (laughs) You know who we are. Help us to know who we are. Orphans behave like orphans, but when they find out that they're sons and daughters, they, they get grounded in love and stability. We all probably have some measure of orphan thinking at some level. I ask you, Lord, to, to reveal to us any place where we're functioning outside of all the graces that you've given us, Lord. and Help us to align in Jesus' name. And I pray right now, if anybody in here needs to make decisions of change, that you'll move on hearts and that they will do rapid obedience, rapid repentance where it's necessary. In Jesus' name, bless everybody today. Amen.